Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and I am joined today by someone who used to work on The Bachelor. She's also a <laughs> TV host and the founder of Heartbroken Anonymous, which we're going to talk about today. Hello, Naz Perez. Hello, Sarah Heron. You know, there was a Sarah Heron on Bachelor, obviously, right? That's so funny. That's your name. I know because Chris Harrison one time accidentally DM'd me, invited me to a party, but it was for her. Her. Wait, what? <laughs> when was this? It was a couple years ago. He was promoting a drink. He had like a deal with um, some cocktail that. brand. Yeah. And I looked down and I saw Chris Harrison DM'd you and I was working at a weekly at the time. So I was like, oh God, did I, did I say something? Like I thought I was in trouble. And then it was like inviting me to a party. And I immediately was like, this is for the other Sarah Heron. <laughs> And I said that and he was like, oh my God, whatever. And then he was like, well, do you live in LA? And I was like, no. <laughs> um, and then the DMs were open. So now it was great because when I would like tag him and stuff, he used to see it and like repost it because I'd opened our DMs. And I was like, definitely let the other Sarah Heron know she's invited to the party, but I've never gotten to meet her. And I, I really want to. Oh my God, Sarah, you have to have Sarah on. It would be so fun. You could do a Sarah Heron squared podcast. Sarah is one of the greatest you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but she's someone who I can sincerely call a friend and is doing so much good and, and is so transparent and vulnerable, you know, through yeah. her social media and, and everything she does. She's, I feel like next to the word inspiring in the dictionary is like Sarah Heron's face. And then there's me, the other one who just talked about this show. Um, and, <laughs> and then there's the other one. Yeah, there's a Times Square. <laughs> yeah, I, I always said she'll always be the more famous Sarah Heron, and that's my cross to bear. But everyone has such nice things to say about her. So you know what? Open invitation. I hope to meet her someday. Well, or Sarah, we don't, we don't know that yet. You know, <laughs> you're a big deal too. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, let's talk about you though. I want to get into some bachelor stuff, but obviously I know you're promoting an event with Heartbroken Anonymous. So if you want to first just explain what that is and how you got involved and everything like that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for letting me share this with people. So Heartbroken Anonymous is a support group for people that are heartbroken. And when I say heartbroken, that doesn't just mean, oh, I got dumped by a guy. Um, it does mean romantic heartbreak. So a divorce, a breakup, unrequited love. I, I can speak for people who are experiencing unrequited love and and know that society doesn't take it seriously. And some of our friends don't. And you're just like, I like someone that doesn't like me back. And this is painful. This is for you too. But aside from all the romantic heartbreak, 
heartbreak, the actual definition of it is overwhelming distress. And so that's really anything. Um, and it applies to anyone and everyone, any age, any race, any gender, any, any sexual identity. So it's, um, it's universal, just like love is. And so basically when I left working the bachelor, I met a stranger who was more comfortable telling me about their heartbreak than their own friends and family. And they, were just telling me that they didn't want to talk to their friends and family because as you know, Sarah, like when we're going through heartbreak, sometimes our friends and family are like, well, this is what you need to do, or, or you need to move on, or you know, this isn't a great situation and get over it. I, yeah. I, listen, I love all my friends and all my family. And I, I am somewhat a hypocrite. I'm a human. I do this too, to my friends all the time. And so the magic of being able to go to a meeting, whether it's virtual or in person, surround yourself with people that are dealing with heartbreak, whether it's a miscarriage, racial injustice, losing your dog, losing your job, like job heartbreak is huge. And I've seen so much of that in the last two to three years, especially 2020. Um, it's really cathartic and therapeutic to be able to say how it is you're actually feeling because you're telling people who don't know you in your own life. And so that is just one of the a thousand benefits. Um, it's not a 12 step program like AA and Al-Anon. So it's really, you just come, you listen, share stories of heartbreak, remind yourself you're not alone. We always end the meetings. It's always moderated by either me or one of our ambassadors. Uh, they last about an hour, an hour and a half. And then we end talking about things that we're grateful for. So it's not like this sort of pity circle. And, um, and I started it cause we're just in this epidemic of loneliness. And I was going through a really terrible heartbreak in 2017 and I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I was having nightmares. I started to go to therapy, which, you know, the way I grew up therapy was like for rich white people. <laughs> I was like, and so I told my parents, I was like, I need to go to therapy. They're like, haha, you know, like here's, pray the rosary. Like, you'll oh, be yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. Like this is actually hurting me. And turns out I was Googling and making, doing all this research. And the same part of your brain that lights up when you're going through emotional pain is the same part of your brain that lights up when you're going through physical pain. And so I was like, whoa, so you can feel heartbreak over something, but it can feel like a punch to your stomach. That's wild. Why are we talking about that? And therapy is like $200 a session. And I don't know a lot of people in my life that have $800 a month to feel better. So that's really where the idea of heartbroken anonymous came to be. And so this Valentine's day, I know Valentine's day can be a tricky day for people. Um, sharing is not required. It's encouraged, but you can just come and listen, but I am doing an in-person meeting in Beverly Hills at a really cool location. Um, and it's sponsored by geo jam. So thanks to them. Uh, they're this awesome music app, um, that you should, everyone should download and check out. It's really cool, but they are letting me host the heartbroken anonymous meeting at a really dope location. And so if you go to heartbrokenanonymous.com, you can sign up there. Um, and yeah, I hope to, to have people connect on Valentine's day, but we are also offering a virtual option as well. If, if you don't live in LA on that day too. And I run multiple meetings, um, every month. Wow. That is so cool. And it's so true. If we are treating things like that, we need to talk about more or physical pain. Why aren't we giving our emotional pain or something like an addiction gets a meeting like this. And it's like, you, you don't know who you're going to want to open up to and when, or just listen, I would imagine yeah. people get a lot out of listening to other people too. People get so much out of listening, Sarah. Like I'll never forget that one time there was this meeting where this woman had shared that she was in an affair, that she was like hooking up with a married man. No one in her life knows. So obviously a lot of people come where 
it's, it's really crazy. Like a lot of people come to share things that nobody in their life knows. Right. One time, one time this person came and said that they were going through a divorce and no one in their life even knew they were married because everyone in their life told them that that person just wanted to use them for a green card. And so it turns out a couple of years later, that person claimed that that was true, but they were grieving a divorce right. and they couldn't talk to like anyone about it. And so I remember they came to a meeting and said, you guys in this meeting or you people in this meeting are the first people to ever know that I was married. And I was like, whoa, that's insane. But to go back to the woman I was just talking about, she shared that she was hooking up with a guy that was married and visibly emotional about it and, and knew it was wrong and it was eating away at her, but also didn't want to stop um, because she loved him. And then the woman sitting right next to her that shared after her was like, I'm married and I think my husband is cheating on me. And I like can't stand this other person and blah, 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 blah. And it was really powerful to see the just to hear those two things back to back. And there's no crosstalk allowed in a heartbroken anonymous meeting, which is why it's like this space of no judgment zone, right? Because no one's, I just found that no, sometimes we just don't want advice. Sometimes we just want, like, it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling. And that's my philosophy, not forever and ever and always, but also there's no algorithm. If you're, if you're heartbroken over something 25 years ago, like come to the meeting, it's not embarrassing or shameful. It's a real feeling that you're experiencing. Um, and it's just a place to feel seen, heard and validated. But after that meeting, Sarah, they, they just sat and talked and cried together. And I think just as you mentioned, they left with a new perspective. Um, both of them did. And that's just, it's it's just very rare. I think places like this don't really exist. And I myself was shocked. It didn't exist when I started it. And I remember, I think the first meeting I did someone struggling with alcoholism, was like, this is helping me fix the reason why I'm drinking. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of powerful, you know? And so, um, and then there were other people that were like, Oh, I, you know, I was dealing with heartbreak, but I was going to, I think emotional, I don't know if it is, I don't know what it's called, maybe love and sex addicts, which is a group and which is a thing. And that is okay. But this particular person was like, I went there because I didn't know that this existed and this is actually how I'm feeling. And so I just share that to say, it was crazy to me that it just didn't exist before. Yeah. I'm sure we'll circle back as we just like have a communication about like a conversation about relationships and stuff. One, it doesn't surprise me at all that you and Ashley, I became such good friends on this show (laughs) because I, I feel like you and her are like, like one in the same with just talking about relationships, which cracks me up. And I know you guys do a podcast now for a long time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's called, I don't get it. And I love that you bring this up because my first season working on the show is Caitlin Bristow season. And Ashley, I was already in bachelor nation. She had been on crystals a season. The first season I watched was Juan Pablo's. I watched Juan Pablo season and the travel was so astounding. They were like in Seoul, Korea. And I just remember being like, I want, I, if I were to work on a reality show, I want to work on this show. Cause I love love and I love traveling. Mm-hmm. And so Juan Pablo season, and it was just such, I don't know if you saw Juan Pablo's, it yeah. was so twist. And there were so many plot twists in the yeah. reality of the events that went down that it was, it was riveting. It really was riveting television. And so I saw Ashley on Crystal's this season. Um, and there had been one season of paradise that had gone down. Mm -hmm. And so then I came into the mix 
and did Caitlin's. And then after Caitlin's there was paradise season two, which I think was really the season that like paradise kind of blew up. Um, not to say just cause I was, <laughs> but so I remember being like such, and I've never shared this before, but I remember being so excited to meet Ashley because I was like, am I going to get along with her? She feels like this sort of Kardashian archetype. Um, someone who wears the eyelashes. Yeah. Someone who's unapologetic about wearing makeup. And I just thought that was fucking cool. Like, but also, um, you know, she, she just seemed so funny, but not like trying to be funny. Um, so I was really excited to meet her. And I didn't know how we would get along and you never know as a, as a producer either. And so when I met, when we met, I think I was wearing red lipstick. Yeah, I definitely was wearing red lipstick. And she was like, oh my God, is that Ruby Woo from Mac? And like the rest was just history. I like ran to the bathroom with her and she showed me this like state of the art, like vanity that she had brought to paradise, like on a beach. And I was like, this girl is hilarious. But aside from the surface level stuff, I, I felt so lucky to be able to produce someone because really a producer is just your friend that's like hanging out with you. That's asking you about your day and who you, that's really all it is. It's like, how do you feel? Do you like this person? Like, how was that kiss? Do you want to kiss this person? That's it's just like how you have a best. It's like, if you had a best friend with you on a date, right? It is really the most fun thing ever. And like, if you had a friend sort of like just to run back to, like if they were in the bathroom while you were at a restaurant on a date. And so that's, what's really cool is you get like those in the moment. It's not like a retelling, which I like because I'm the type of person where I go on a date or I'll have an interaction, Sarah. I don't know if you feel this way. And my friends will be like, how did it go? Or what did they say? And I'm like, I don't remember. I'm like, I just remembered the essence of, I was like, right. these the spark notes, but like, I don't remember what exactly what I said or what they said. So that's why I think that the evolution and, and the, the way the show is made is so cool. Cause you get all those moments. But when I got in the nitty gritty with Ashley, it was so, I had never met someone so unapologetic about how they felt. And so not did not care what people thought about her. Right. And I thought that that was so empowering because I really, I think at the time and I'm getting better, I, re I really did care what people thought about me. Yeah. Um, human. I, if I liked a guy and they didn't like me back and I was on the show, I would be so embarrassed. I would have so much shame and she just didn't. And so I learned so much about myself and I think that's an And Lauren's no different. Lauren's like, equally as amazing. And they're both really like the sisters I've never had. So we, so that's why we do a podcast called, I don't get it together now. And now Ashley's married to Jared and has a kid and it's all, it's really freaking cool. Yeah. I mean, I just have, like, I remember watching season two of bachelor in paradise. So clearly that was probably the height of my, I still, I cover the show now for, for us, but my like height of my like fandom, like I remember having watch parties in college and stuff, Yeah, and Ashley and Jared, I just, I told Ashley and Jared this like a month ago, I interviewed them right before she gave birth. Cause she was like announcing Dawson's name. And yeah. I was like, she met 
mentioned that it was like about to be a, however many year anniversary of when like Jared like confessed that he liked her after all those years. And I told her, I was like, Ashley, there was like, you know, there was like a, like a roar through the Us Weekly office when that video came out. We were like, no freaking way. All these years later, Ashley and Jared, like what the, like freaking out. And they were laughing. Like, it feels like crazy that people cared now, but I'm like, you guys don't understand. Like people cared when that video came out. No, that was, it was massive because in a way, Ashley, she really just represented the girl that never got the guy, which really was my life for so long. It was a narrative. I mean, now I've done, you know, we live in a different world. I've been on a journey of self-discovery. A lot of this is my own doing and like, you know, being attracted to emotionally unavailable people and all that stuff in the moment at the time, I really believed like, no, no guy wanted to be with me and no, they, I just, I was never picked. I was like, no one will ever pick me. That was my inner narrative. And so to be able to share that, that feeling that's very real and visceral for a lot of people around the country that feel that way, um, through Ashley's lens with loving Jared was, was so cool because it, it really hit people in, an, in, um, I don't know, it just really struck a chord that I think other cast members that have come and gone haven't really done. And then the fact that it, that she was right, you know, (laughs) just like, it's almost like every person that's like, like someone so much and their friends just think they're crazy or their families like give it up. You're just like fist pump (laughs) in the air. And Ashley will say she's the exception to the rule. And I don't know. Probably a lot of girls maybe out there hoping that then that would happen to them too. And it maybe didn't, but I'm sure it did for others too. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that phrase because I think, I don't know. I think it's more 50, 50. I think people throw on you or, or there is a spark, you know, you just get, you just get one of them maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Also on that season was Jared, it was uh, Jade and Tanner, right? Yes. yes. That was, I feel like another way to solidify that spinoff show as like this couple to root for. Cause after season one with the like fake Marcus Lacey marriage thing, um, Jade and Tanner were like it. And then they had like yeah. the wedding special and everything. And I feel like that was one of the first ones in a spinoff sense that everyone was just like obsessed with rooting for and then made the show more legitimate in ways kind of. Yeah, that was, um, I love that you bring up Jade and Tanner because I was there the moment they met too. And that's, what's cool too, is I, I was there the moment all these people met literally the moment. Yeah. And, and I was a producer on Jade and Tanner's wedding, which is like, to me, I still think the most beautifully like, like televised wedding in the world, or at least in the last decade. But, um, yeah, I, what was so cool about Jade and Tanner is Jade was like, you know, Jade was just, she was Jade. She was just so naturally like stunning, but you know, then she, there was so much, I don't want to say controversy, but there was so much conversation around Jade after her season because of her family and her past. And Tanner was kind of in the shadows during Caitlin's season. As you know, Caitlin was my first. So looking back, I knew Jared and Tanner before I knew Jade and Ashley. I had like met and bonded with them first. Caitlin had some good guys. Caitlin had the best group of guys. It was like the best intro into the world for me Um, because it was just so the diversity and the range was vast. You know, you had Joe Bailey from Kentucky. You had Ben Higgins. It was like a unicorn from Colorado. You had Jared, another unicorn from Rhode Island. You had JJ. It was just like so funny. Um, 
The day you had Sean Booth and then Nick came out of nowhere. I mean, Nick, the list is on and on and on. It's the entire crop of guys is AA plus. But um, yeah, so for Tanner to be in the shadows and then for him to, you know, sort of connect with Jade was, was really, really fun to witness too. And I think that's why people love them so much. What would you say the biggest difference is from a producer perspective or whatever insight you can offer in working on a show like between the bachelorette bachelor and bachelor in paradise that like goes into it. Yeah, totally. I think, um, the biggest difference is in paradise, you have more time to get to know other people. And so because of that, I don't know. I think that's, you just get to see, as a viewer, you get to see so much more of the evolution of a relationship of like one particular relationship or one pairing, I should call it, than you do and friendships too, than you do on the, on the regular show. But, um, the, the, obviously the second biggest obvious difference is the travel and the scenery. And so, um, it's easier to fall in love you know, if yeah. you're in Barcelona <laughs> than it is, than it is on, it the just, it, <laughs> I don't know, actually, I don't know if it is, but I think we can all say that there's a little more of a magical element. There's a little more of a fairy tale, um, essence to the bachelor and the bachelorette. That's why it's so coveted and it's still on TV after 20 years. And a paradise is just, it's fun. You know, paradise is fun. I guess I would say, Paradise is like New Year's Eve and The Bachelor and The Bachelorette is like New Year's Day. You know? Okay. Okay. I thought you were maybe going to say Valentine's Day. No, because... they're like, they're like very close to each other, but two completely different vibes, you know? Yeah. That's very yeah. funny. Caitlin's season was definitely, I think, a favorite also for fans, partly because they loved Caitlin and Sean so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were together for a long time. So somewhat of a success. And Ben, you worked with Ben Higgins too, right? Ben and Lauren, another one, super beloved couple, somewhat a success. Neither of these couples are together now, but they were very popular and did last longer than a, you know, couple month thing. Mm -hmm. Why do you think sometimes it, it doesn't work out? Were you surprised by either of those or or saddened? And then why do you think just in general? Yeah, I was surprised by, um, I think definitely Caitlin and Sean, but the thing is, is it's hard for me to offer any commentary on this because you don't know when people move to live with each other. And these two did not every contestant or cast that leaves do, but right. Like start their lives actually. Right. Like those two couples really started their lives together. And so sometimes your lives just don't match up and what you want doesn't match up. And and you thought it, it was going to, and you wanted it to, but it just didn't. And I think that's just sort of the randomness of life that none of us will ever have the answer to. Um, it's just really a difference in love and value and, and priority. And I mean, people are so in love and I, I have a friend who was so in love with this girl from college and she moved here to live with him and they broke up after five years. And the reason why I thought of this story is because I never thought that they were, I thought like they were like it. And so I was like, <gasps> you know, like one of those. Yeah. Um, and he was just like, I just woke up one day and I wasn't in love with her anymore. And I was like, what? That's fucking, I don't know if I can curse, <laughs> but I was like, that is 
effing terrifying. You that just wake happen, up yeah. day and not love someone anymore. That's so scary. Yeah. And so, you know, there, there's so many extraneous factors that are, it's, it's hard to pinpoint, but I think people were rooting for it. And I think those people wanted it to work too, but I think it's very brave and incredible and inspiring that all those people chose themselves first over, over wanting to play out a story or narrative for other people. And I think that that's the biggest takeaway there, right? Is it's, you got to live life for you and not for Instagram or for an audience or even for your parents, you know? Yeah, definitely not for Instagram or the audience as enticing as it may be to probably get some of those deals in. Got to cut the tie. (laughs) Right, right. Did you obviously, like we mentioned, have a very close relationship with Ashley. Are you still friendly with Caitlin or Ben or any of your other bachelor yeah. <laughs> I see Caitlin every now and then. Um, Caitlin, that was my first season. And so I wasn't as close with Caitlin as I'd love to be. She was just to me, the coolest bat. her and Jojo were the two bachelorette seasons I got to work on. And they were just, I don't know. They were just dope ass strong women. I thought, you know, yeah. and, um, and I thought that that was, I don't know. It was just really fun to be a part of Ben Higgins is, I mean, his campaign, I, I always love seeing like what ABC or whatever marketing company comes up with the tagline or what, you know, what the campaign. The perfect Ben. Yeah. And I just saw it instead of the perfect 10, all it said, the poster said was the perfect Ben with the word 10 crossed out. And I couldn't even like agree more. He is just so loving and approachable and so genuine. And him and I are, we were on that season together. And then I was fortunate enough to work with him on Ben and Lauren happily ever after on Freeform. So I left working on the major shows. And so I've gotten really, I've gotten to know Ben really well. And we're also very close in age and our birthdays are like one or two days apart. So I, you know, when you just meet people and you're like, I understand this person and I love them for who they are and and I just get it. And so, yeah, I was just at Ben and Jess's wedding and there's nothing more gratifying than seeing people the day they met someone and it working out or it not working out, but seeing them live out their happily ever after at the end of the day. And Jess is just such a joy and just so they're both just so pure. (laughs) It seems like it for sure on an outsider perspective. Absolutely. Totally. Totally. I feel really lucky to have crossed paths with Ben and especially because he was this, there's so many men that just aren't comfortable in their masculine energy. And I, I kind of roll my eyes because I feel like a lot of interviews I've been doing lately, I like bring up masculine and feminine energy. And so I'm just like Lady Gaga repeating like every, like how I started Heartbroken Anonymous is literally a script in my head. So it's like, if I'm rolling my eyes that I'm bringing this up, but I'm fascinated by the polarity of masculine and feminine energy. And we, we all have all of it. It has nothing to do with being a man or woman. We all have both of them. And Ben was just so comfortable in his masculine where he was this like incredible guy who was a real man and was not afraid to say that he feels like he's unlovable, not just to these women that were coming into date him, which that is such a scary thing to say. Like some people would be like, Oh, I'm not attracted to you anymore, but to do it in front of the world was just even cooler to me. And then to also admit that he, that he loved two people at the end. I thought that that was really cool. And I, I was just so novice in, in my love life. Like I hadn't, I had a lot of unrequited love experiences and it sounds really silly, but I had never, I had never thought that you could love two people. 
I don't know, maybe I just grew up like super Disney Renaissance era and Catholic where I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that. And so I learned so much just by watching Ben, like, like be himself and love other people. Now I know you don't watch the show anymore, right? Or do you? I, I know it's so worse. Okay. So full transparency, I will always be a diehard fan of the show. And I love the show. Um, I have to be extremely invested in the lead. Um, and I have to want to be rooting for them. But even if I am, I work for rotten tomatoes. Now I'm a TV host. Oh, that's awesome. And I do some stuff with E. So I have to watch a lot of television and a lot of movies, which I say that in like such a grateful way. I love right. it. I'm obsessed. It's what I've always wanted to do. But as you know, movies are like three hours now and seasons are like 10 hours. And so The Bachelor is so incredible because of the amount of content we get. You know, we get, I mean, even Paradise, we get like four hours of of television a week. I just don't have time for it in my life anymore. (laughs) And it makes me sad because I've been hearing a lot about Clayton's season. And I actually would love to hear your thoughts on it because I always know what's happening but I haven't been diehard watching this season, if that makes sense. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, I brought it up because you brought up Ben saying, I saying, I love you to two people and we're gearing up for Clayton, at least based on the promos is going to say it to three women and also admit that to each other, that he was intimate with several of them in like, and he says that at like a rose ceremony and it's not, we don't totally know why he, you know, made that decision quite yet. And we don't know who he said it to. And, you know, there's editing and promos, but it's, it's one of those things where he just feels like a very green bachelor. He wasn't on Michelle's season for even that long. And we didn't really get to know him that well. And it's at one point I always admire them. Like someone like a Ben who would, would admit these things and say them and not worry so much, I guess, in the moment about what, how this is going to look on TV. Cause you have to imagine that's happening. But at the same time, it's like, how did we not learn? Ben Higgins gave us the guidebook, Clayton, like maybe don't say it out loud, do your best to keep it in. But they ever since Ben did that, it's been more and more common for bachelors to use the phrase, I love you. And I think that there's good parts and bad parts of it, but it definitely makes it complicated for trying to move on in the real world if they're using that phrase because it used to always be the falling for you falling for you and now they say it and ben i jokingly always say it was your fault but it's like in a in a good way and bad way you know what i mean does that make any sense absolutely i think i think the one thing the show really pushes for is for people to live out their truth and be honest to what they're feeling and their authentic self and i think the reason why we're still talking about it and it's still on tv and it's so polarizing is because what we would do in any given situation is different. If you ask any person, you know, and who you would like is different and what you would admit and how comfortable you are within yourself and how much shame or shame you don't have, or, you know, how much fear you do or don't have to jump into something and commit. Um, everyone has different traumas, which is why, it's the same show, but it's a different show every season. That's literally the reason why. And it's all based on the lead and where they are at with themselves, what they want for their future. Um, Claire is a perfect example of that. Claire is someone who had been through so many shows, was the bachelorette and was like, I'm not going through this. I don't want to. And people were up in arms. Wild time. (laughs) And listen, I wouldn't have done the same thing Claire did, but like good on Claire for like doing what she wanted to do and not doing what she thinks people thought that she should have done, Yeah, you know, and everyone just, everyone's going to learn about themselves and about love in their own way. Um, Yeah. It's interesting that you bring up the, I love you because I think as like older fans like us, 
it like wasn't a thing the bachelor was yeah. say it was like an unwritten rule it was like an unwritten rule but exactly it was an unwritten rule so like what's wrong with saying i love you i don't know i guess nothing it's just you're setting yourself up for whoever the person you didn't pick watching you or the person yeah. you did pick watching you say it to other people but it i think every everyone handles it differently too whether it's the contestants or and the audience, and they're going to get flack from the audience, which I know right. you can't make decisions based on. But I just feel like Clayton is is walking a fine line, and he seems like a very nice guy, just very green, and maybe yeah. really yeah. dove in head first. And it's going to yeah. be a rough couple of weeks for him, I think, but it'll it'll work out, I'm sure. Oh well, that's how I felt watching Peter's. Exactly, it's very Peter, very, and Peter oh, is like a lovely person too, but maybe yeah. not the best decision maker in high pressure situations. But a day for incredible moments and incredible. I am actually going to talk to Peter soon here in a couple of days. And I'm really excited too, because I haven't gotten a chance to meet him, but he seems like a lovely person, but yeah, what you were saying just kind of reminded me of that. But yeah, I guess, I guess it would matter whoever ends up with Clayton at the end, if they're watching back, I guess the question for me is now like a journal or, you know, I've always been a journalist at heart would be to that person. Do you believe that you can love more than one person? Right. And some people don't and, and me, and I don't know if I did, but I think watching Ben, I, I all of a sudden did, I was like, Oh yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. I haven't felt it, but like you can, <laughs> I love that though. Cause you were a yeah. witness to it and everyone at the time, that was such a controversial thing too, with Ben and Lauren and Jojo. Yeah. And it's like, it's also one of these things that in bachelor nation, you just, I guess as the, the, uh, the leads or whoever, I know they, they know this, but like the moments fleeting, like people freak out and act insane, like the viewers about something. And then it's something else. So thank God we move on. But that was a big one. I feel like the, the double, I love you, I guess people cause lo- loved Ben so much too. People yeah. have like a big reaction to that. That was huge. And I, I mean, I still remember that. And I wasn't there when he proposed, but I like visually remember like him being so upset, sending Jojo home that day. Yeah. And then proposing to Lauren, which he wanted to do. And, and he quick turnaround though. Just right. Yeah. Sense. It was just like, Whoa, the range of emotions like to get, and that's why the show is so incredible. Cause like to get that type of emotion, like real raw, authentic emotion on camera and to get to witness it is so rare, even in like reality shows that we see today. I'm a, I'm a fan of love is blind on Netflix. I think it's really well done. I love the format, but even in those shows, they still feel you don't get to live with them as long as you do. Does yeah. that make sense? Um, and bachelor, you really get to live with these people and you form your own perception of who you think they are. And, yeah. and yeah, and it's fun to watch who, who ends up at the end and who doesn't. It's like the hunger games of love. And then it's like getting to root the paradise part makes it even more fun. Cause it's like, Oh, I want to see this girl or this guy. Yeah. And then people start playing matchmaker with themselves. And then the best part of paradise, I think is just those unexpected couples that you never would have put together that are still together now, or even like have a long run. You're like, Oh my God, I never would. And then you get to see another side of them. Yeah. Cause of course the show's short and you can't see all the sides of everyone, but paradise does give that redemption arc for people, which is always nice too. A hundred percent. And I think the perfect perfect real life example we have of that is Nick. Yeah. I think people were like, really, I think people were really split on Nick, you know, I was polarizing felt bad for him, Andy season, but then he came into Caitlin's and maybe a lot of people were just rooting for Sean and then went on paradise and from paradise became the bachelor. Yeah. 
It's yeah. so true. Um, yeah. One of my favorite bachelor couples is Jordan and Jojo. Um, and Me it's too. so funny. Cause I always say, I keep them in the back of my mind whenever I'm talking about, especially at the end when, you know, people are, are they going to make it this or that? And I always think I never would have guessed that Jojo and just based on what we saw on the show, they, you know, it kind of looked maybe like Jordan, he was, his intentions were questioned in the media, whatever. And I've interviewed them before. I've seen whatever they seem just like the most normal and love great people. And I always try to think like, this could be a Jordan Jojo situation. We don't see everything and they seem to be so compatible and lovely. Yeah. And I think, I think it's important for people to listen to what you just said, because like I said, on paradise, you get to meet them for so much longer and you just, you are, you just, those people get more time and you don't on bachelor and bachelorette. And we all form our own opinions and perceptions of people. I think we should all remember when we watch reality TV, that we're just seeing somebody and in a heightened situation, it's not normal to put your phone away for two months and live with 25 strangers and all date the same person. That's not like a reality that all of us live in. So you may think, you know, what you would have done in that situation. And it's really easy to judge from your couch, Yeah, Uh, but you don't know, you don't know. And so I love that you bring up Jordan and Jojo, because when I manifest the man that I want to be with one day, And I I love just noticing, like when I'm out at a coffee shop, I love noticing like what men do for women. I, you know, and this is like any gender, any sexuality. I I like, like men. So (laughs) just want to be inclusive here, Yes, but like noticing what men do for women, whether it's like opening or like pulling the chair out or paying for the check or saying, Hey, this, her order was wrong and sending it back. Like that stuff's really hot to me. And Jordan and Jojo are are a couple that I go to frequently mentally because I feel like they really are the yin and the yang. They really are best friends. They really do have so much fun together. And I am so happy that they met on this show. It is like, it is the coolest. I think, I think they are just literally one of the best like endings to any bachelor story. I think them, Ashley, I, Jared, Jade and Tanner, like you were a part of some good ones. <laughs> I, I listen, I'm telling you, I'm not trying to be biased, but I do feel as if I was part of the golden age. No, I think um, so. And I think social it, was still fun, it, but it was like social was involved, but it wasn't too involved because the live tweeting and stuff is fun, but now it's a little dark. <laughs> and not only that, I think social media was just starting to be a thing, but it wasn't I don't think people had capitalized on getting all these followers and all this money when I had first started. Um, and, and the people I met were the people that it really started with, like the Becca's and the Caitlin's and the Ashley's and the Ben's of the world, but they didn't join the show for those reasons. And so there was a sort of pureness, I think, to the seasons I was on, of course, not like a hundred percent across the board, but I think for the most part, that was, that was really cool is people really just wanted to find someone else or someone nominated them. And they were like, F it, this could be a cool life experience. You know, you mentioned happily ever after. And I it just like came flashing back to me that show and they did a few seasons of it, but it didn't necessarily have the lasting power that, cause you think about it and these people, they, they come into your home, you do follow them on Instagram. Like the bachelor contestants do connect with their audience to some degree because they do get more quote unquote fame or notoriety than a lot of other reality shows, in my opinion. And that show seemed like a genius concept because you do want to follow them. And Ben and Lauren, I think were the perfect 
couple to want to follow. Um, but it didn't necessarily stick around. Why do you think that is? It's very taxing on people that meet on TV and that can't just like live life on their own. I mean, we saw this back in the day with the newlyweds with Jessica Simpson oh, and like, Bay. and so the, a lot of the cast doesn't want to do that. And if they don't want to do it, then you can't make the show. And like, who's to blame them, you know? Yeah. I've always thought yeah. there should be like a rotating just bachelor after bachelor show. And they like go from city to city and everyone gets like one episode a season. So they're not like constantly followed, but almost like a marriage boot camp for bachelor people. And they all like live in the same cities. So it's like the whole cast is rotating. This is my, what I'm manifesting yes. to produce. produce one by day. Sarah I yeah. love that. But I feel like we kind of get that through everyone's Instagram now. I know. Yeah. I know. But I think cool. it would be fun if they were, and I think they would be down most of them, but not, you know, if anyone has something really going on, they probably wouldn't want to show it, which would be the most compelling thing to watch. So I don't know. For me as a producer and now as a television host, what I would love, I would love to, especially, I just want to make note of the fact that Kaylin and Tasha were females hosting a massive dating reality show. And there, as someone who's a host, there aren't a lot of females doing that. And I think there's something so inherent and personal to women um, that I think we should be in like those positions, right? And so for me, my dream would be maybe one day when I, when I just have a little bit more experience and authority as a television host, I would love to have to host reunions mm, in, the same way that, in the same way that Andy does, but for like old school casts, like, cause love we that. love men tell all, we love women tell all, but like, it'd be cool to get, you know, everyone back from like, like Chris Stoles's batch of people, like sitting with Chris Stoles and see where everyone is now. Can we track down Kelsey? <laughs> yeah. I would watch that Brit. Yeah. So true. Well, you mentioned Brit also that another thing that was the season with the two bachelorettes for that hot minute. So wild, right? Like looking <laughs> back from our progressive lens, like that was a crazy, I mean, obviously that was my first season. So I had no decision making. Right. Yeah. yeah. Surprised but they never did that again. I am surprised you've never done it with two men. Yeah. I'm really, make really shocked. I, I'm really shocked. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I don't know how that felt. I mean, that must just feel the worst if you think yeah. you're going to be. Yeah. And then you're not. It's hard. Every, I mean, everyone ends up where they're supposed to, but yeah, that must've been a very whirlwind situation. I mean, that was a whirlwind because everyone voted, like people yeah. had to vote. And then you had people like Jared who voted for Brit, <laughs> but then like really fell for Caitlin, you know, yeah. so it was interesting who you think you like may not be who is actually right for you or who you actually end up liking. Yeah, a hundred percent. Well, I had a few more questions for you, but I want to let you go. The first one just being overall favorite memory from any of these shows that like pops in, maybe something we didn't see or something we did see a behind the scenes fun thing that you hold close to your heart from one of these seasons. Yeah. Um, I think on paradise when I had first went down with, with Kate, with Ashley and Lauren, mm -hmm. um, it was like my first day with them. And it's right before they walk down the stairs to say hi to Chris before they go in and they really had to pee. And so we stopped the car and we all like, we, I have this picture of them just like peeing, like on a tree. Oh my God. And it, I just remember that as me, like, you know, like our first sort of friendship moment and like bonding moment, which was nice. Um, I love that. I, Jojo season, <laughs> Jojo season was interesting. Cause it was like all these guys against Chad. Right. And, <laughs> and it was such an interesting dynamic because 
on the bachelor ret, as opposed to the bachelor, the men during like their free time really want like workout time. Like they really all need like, you know, so it's like they, they're all, there's like an hour where everyone's like working out at the mansion, different spots, like in the backyard near the pool. And I don't know, Chad was just so, he was just so um, unpredictable and like what he would say. And I don't know, he like compared, I, this is just coming up in my head and this aired, but um, just cause West Side Story recently came out. Oh yeah, so I saw it. Story, but he was like, he was just comparing all of the other guys to like the jets or the sharks. And he was just like, let's get Chad, let's get Chad and snappy. And I was like, what? Who is this guy? Like referencing West Side Story. Like, am I living in West Side Story? Like what's happening? <laughs> is he going to sing? Um, <laughs> I think the biggest memorable moment for me was the first, as you know, it wasn't a two-on-one. Was it a two-on-one? No, no. It was just a one-on-one with Cupcake and Caitlin in Ireland in the cliffs of Mo Moher. Mm-hmm. I believe that's how you pronounce it. It's the most stunning place I had ever been in with the show. It's so beautiful. You have to Google image it and okay. everyone should go there. But it was such a stunning scene. It was like a cinematic moment because she left him there after the date. He didn't get the rose and she flew away on a helicopter. And um, when that happens, this is sort of like a BTS thing, but you kind of have to duck or be out of the way because there's a shot like, like what from the helicopter looking down, there can't just be like a million crew members everywhere. Right. Yeah. So it's just like hidden. And I felt so bad because cupcake was just the best and he was just left on a cliff and I don't know, it was, it was cold and breezy and it was very like, it felt like I was like in like a movie, you know, but it was all real and crazy and Aww. cinematic. And so that moment stands out to me a lot. That is, that's funny. And it, I also am always fascinated just like the relationship between contestants and producers, because so many of you guys do become friends and stay friends. Is there anything mm-hmm. you can tell me about when it like in the moment of filming of like in your brain, trying to navigate that, like I'm making a show I'm working, but I also care about these people. Yeah. I mean, well, that's, that's always been it for me. You know, I can't speaking for myself personally, I I love humans and I love everyone. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't really know how to like answer this question. Cause I think the whole time you just, you obviously want the best for that person, but it's not up to them. And when it comes to love, it's not always up to us, you know, um, someone else has to want to, be in a relationship with you too. And that's, what's so unpredictable and crazy about love. Um, but yeah, I think one of the most perfect examples of this was on paradise when, um, when Kayla showed up or when Ashley showed up and Kayla was already there. And I think Jared was like, had been on a date with her that day or was, or was on one or going, but there's a, there's a scene where Ashley's talking, she's like yelling at this parrot Oh, and, that <laughs> yeah, and I'm the parrot. And so I think that's a good, if you go back and watch that and you can reimagine what I was actually saying and not the parrot, I think that's very indicative of how much we care as people making the show. Um, not, I mean, like unselfishly, it's really good when you fall in love on the show for the brand, but unselfishly, I think as humans and why the show is so successful is because we do want you to personally find it. And we do get to get really close with people for the same reason I started heartbroken anonymous, because 
this concept of how we're more willing to tell strangers how we actually feel is a real thing. And so we get to meet these people who are away from their family and who just feel really safe, like telling you how they actually feel because like, we don't really know about you yet. So, um, yeah, I think that's why it's the best. I love imagining you as the parrot. I always think about Claire <laughs> talking to that raccoon on the yeah. first season. I think that was like my favorite thing that ever happened. And like, I feel like I, I like poor Claire, like I bring that up whenever I can. And I'm sure she would yeah. love that. Not, not to think here about that anymore, but I just think that's the genius of, of that show was. And paradise. Yeah. And Ashley, was it Ashley S with the pomegranate? Yes. That it was like an onion slash pomegranate. But Ashley S. I forget her last name. I loved yeah. it. Was she so was cool. great. Well, yeah. I'll let you go, but tell everyone listening where they can go attend a Heartbro- Heartbroken Anonymous meeting and specifically the Valentine's Day virtual event for anyone who's not in LA. Thanks, Sarah. And thank you for this very fun and um, just enlightening and, and great combo about a former part of my life. Um, yeah, so <laughs> heartbrokenanonymous.com. Uh, we run virtual meetings every month, in-person meetings in LA every month. And this month, we are having both on Valentine's Day and the in-person meeting this Monday on Valentine's Day is sponsored by GeoJam, uh, who I love. It's this awesome music app that you should download and check out. It's like social media, but for music. And it the location for this meeting is so cool, but I can't like post it. And so um, just trust. And if you are alone or you just want to come check it out or you just want to connect with other people and like, I don't know, maybe complain about your job. Come, come to heartbroken, go to heartbrokenanonymous.com, sign up for the meeting. It's a $5 minimum donation, but if you can't afford that, we'll let you in for free. And uh, as well for the virtual meeting, it's a $10 minimum donation, but if you can't afford that, we'll let you in for free. And yeah, that's really it. You can find me on Instagram at Naz Perez, N-A-Z-P-E-R-E-Z. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for the time. This was really fun. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, tell your friends about this podcast, and come back every week for more Bachelor breakdowns. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.